This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome back to the Blood Red podcast. I'm delighted to welcome a very special guest to this episode this afternoon. We're joined by former Liverpool and current Nantes midfielder Pedro Chiavea. Pedro, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Yusuf. Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time out of your, I imagine, a very busy pre-season schedule to, to join us. How's pre-season going at the minute? Uh, it's been good. We played a couple of days ago our first pre-season game. Uh, good to get minutes um, and just, uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, we got our first um, game of the season in two weeks. So it's going to come quick and uh, we will be ready. Lovely. I just kind of wanted to, obviously, to start back. I just want to go back to your childhood then. So you, you grew up in, in Spain, obviously, in Valencia, and you joined Valencia's academy at the age of seven, I believe. Just talk us through then your early memories of, of football and, and obviously joining Valencia. Was that the team you supported as, as a young lad? And, and how was that you know, process of, of kind of being picked up by Valencia? Yeah, um, as far as I remember, I remember myself playing football from a very, very young age. Uh, I've got my cousin who is one year older than me, who started in Valencia when, when I was uh, four years old. Uh, he was five. So uh, the year after, I, I told my parents I wanted to to go into their academy. And I started playing there when I was five years old. Um, uh, from there, I just uh, enjoyed my football. I played football also in my in my garden with all my friends. Uh, football for me was the, the, the only thing that I liked uh, at the moment. and um and i was there until i was 16 and then obviously um is when i moved uh, to liverpool and and uh but i've got great memories of all those years at, at valencia and obviously valencia is quite famous for having you know a very profitable academy obviously lots of like youth team products have come through through the ranks over the years um you know i can think of uh, david via david silver even juan Mata and those kind of players um how was there any players kind of in your in your age group that have kind of gone on to be as, as successful as yourself, like who are in the professional game now? Yeah, uh, I would say Carlos Soler is one of the captains from from Valencia. He's played over two hundred games for for them. Um, he's one of my best friends too. Uh, also Tony Lato, who you know is is going to the first team as well. He's gone into into playing. Uh, around 100 games for the first team too so they are two you know uh, good friends of mine that uh, we grew up together and now they are enjoying themselves in 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 first team and how was that growing up in in spain at the time and, and obviously spanish football it seemed like that kind of era was you know a very successful one obviously the national team won back to back european championships they also won a world cup so growing up what was that what was it like it was was it always that kind of pass and move you know possession game yeah. kind of uh, like what we see now with like Guardiola was that a massive influence on how you were taught to play growing up yeah I think from a very young age I don't know how it's working nowadays but when I when I was playing at Valencia and the national team um, you get taught very very early to just play two touch play quick pass and move uh, play short passes and I think that was because of the period that the, the the Spanish national team and Barca with with Guardiola uh, was going through um I think um, the academies in Spain are a little bit more um working as a team as if in England probably maybe in France too it's more about the individual it's more about how you improve the player um I think in Spain at that time uh, we used to work tactically when I was six seven eight years old we 
you you get sessions where where you actually try to understand the game in a such a young age and i think that's the difference between um england and spain and spain in, in this case what's so from your time in england then what's what's it you just talk, touched on some of the differences do you think what's what's the obsession like with football in spain i, I know in england you know everyone's kind of you speak to anyone they, they support a football team you know they're obsessed with football or they've got some kind of inkling into the, towards the game is that is that the same in spain like it's just kind of flows through cities it's the lifeblood of like villages and cities yeah and yeah i think i think it's similar maybe in england it's a little bit more um stronger even but in spain is the same i think when you are young um loads of people just uh you know for example my father used to watch every game at home my granddad was uh, one of the biggest football fans i've met in my life so it's actually it came natural for me it came natural for my friends for my cousin as well as i said before when i was four or five years old i, I used to play all the afternoon uh, at home with all my friends my cousin uh, we used to have games of like three hours uh, and you know it's something that you you live you live up for and 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 i think it's as i said it's, it's natural for for young people in spain uh to like football as as much as as we did when when i was younger and and who were your favorite team and who were your favorite players growing up in in that kind of spanish era then obviously i was a valencia fan i i supported them um i used to go to the stadium almost every weekend um especially in that uh, period there was um david villa pablo aymar um David Silva was a few years later. Juan Mata, uh, Joaquin, who is playing for Betis still. Um, it was such a strong team. We used to finish top four every season. We won the cup. So obviously it was was a great period for me to 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 be in Valencia. And obviously the national team at that time was uh, unbelievable. I mean, I think it's probably one of the best teams in, in football history. Um, the way they play, all, all the things they won. And, and you know, it was... It was a great time for for me to be around the young ages of the national team because I used to uh, see them training. I used to, um, you know, I, I used to be close in that way because a lot of times we were in the same um, hotel, in the same building. So it was great for me to to be around all those players. And a couple of years later, as you, as you entered your teenage years, you uh, you made the decision to to leave Valencia. You had a, a lot of interest from you know clubs uh, across Europe. There was, there was even uh, like reports of like Barcelona being interested in taking you to the Messiah. Um, and obviously, you ultimately signed for Liverpool. Where were you when you heard of the interest, and, and what do you kind of remember of the decision that you made at the time? What were the factors behind you know choosing Liverpool over over the likes of Barcelona? Um. When I was close to go to Barca was when I was 14 years old uh, and I thought it was too early to, to leave because I was not ready. But after like two two years after, I was playing with the national team in Madrid. Um, and when I finished the, the the tournament, I went back home and, and I got a meeting with my parents. They 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 told me that they needed to speak to me. Uh, they told me about the offer. Um, it was like uh, in April 2004. 16, I think, it, no, uh, pardon, sorry, uh, 2013, it was, sorry. Um, and I remember they told me that my agents were talking to my parents for like a month already, but my parents didn't tell me anything at that time. Uh, they kept it for themselves because I was focused on my studying. Um, you know, the, the the year was ending and, and they thought that the best thing for me was to just focus on my on my studies. And, and they told me when I finished school, 
uh, they told me I had this option for you know to go to Liverpool and they explained me everything um, and I don't know I felt loved uh, from the club um, I felt they actually had a, a path for me and and um, they put me a lot of facilities and and that's why I made the decision to to go to Liverpool and when you made the move did your your parents came over with you as well didn't they at the time so you would have been how old would you have been about uh, 16 16 yeah so how how was that period to to settle in obviously you had your family with you um did that make it a lot easier than you know other kind of because a a lot of times you hear of you know children of that age coming to to big clubs and and they struggle to settle and that sometimes takes a year or two um but did you think because your parents kind of came with you did that make it a lot easier and you were able to kind of hit the ground running yeah, for sure it make it easier. But even if my parents were there for me, I was used to uh, go to school with all my friends during I don't know sixteen years of my life. I I used to uh, finish school, go to training. I was there with my friends. I finished training. I went back home. I started playing football with my friends from from uh, my area. Don't uh, so it was like um, it was a hard move for me. Even if I if I had my family with me, because I was used to a life that I didn't have at Liverpool. I had to meet new people, new friends. So obviously the first couple of months were were difficult, even if it was a little bit easier because I already had um, a good English. I could speak with everyone and, and that helped helped me for you know to to you know to, to get better in, in in those difficult months at the start. And you say that you felt loved by by the club when they were kind of speaking to you and, and your parents. What what was what was the key decision then in 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 leaving Valencia? Obviously, I imagine you know it was a club that you've obviously adored all your life, and like you say, you used to go to the games as, as a young kid. Was it just that Liverpool were just such a big club that you, you felt that you couldn't turn the, the opportunity down? Yeah, I think um, us in Spain. I think uh, most of the people for all the Spanish history that Liverpool had had with all those players, all all Rafa Benitez. I think. You know, if, if I had to choose one team in the Premier League, it's Liverpool, and and it was Liverpool before. Um, so I just obviously when Liverpool came to me and and um, and I had to make the decision, um, I was gonna play in a team that Xavi Alonso played, who is one of my idols, uh, Fernando Torres, Steven Gerrard was playing there, Luis Suarez. So you know, it's, it's massive players that were playing there, and and I thought, um, you know, if I thought myself if everything went well. Uh, hopefully, why not? I could be training with them in in a couple of years, and and that's why you know I I made the decision, and I was so motivated to to move to Liverpool. And so, when you signed, would that have been? Was that a two year scholarship that you did? Was it? Was it? Um, or was it a prestigious pro contract straight away? Yeah, it was like I could not sign pro until I was seventeen, so I was in a one year scholarship. But the day I turned seventeen is when I signed pro. And uh, do you remember your first days of going up to to Kirby, the training ground, as a as a sixteen year old? Then, you, what what were your feelings? What were your experiences? Did, did you feel like it was a dream come true? Yeah, but I felt a bit nervous too because, as I said, I was used to have everything in Valencia. I mean, I knew in Valencia I was loved by everyone. All the coaches, uh, you know, had a lot of trust in me. I was actually the main guy in in the academy coming through. So. For me, it was a big change going to Liverpool. Obviously, I had to perform in every training. I had to show why I was there, you know. And um, it was it was good that I had Sergi Canos with me that I knew from the national team. I knew from playing against each other. So it was the two of us, you know. Every time we were together, we we eat together every day, and um, 
it was good straight away i think we 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 kind of um you know we we, we met people great people like uh, harry wilson ryan kane tom Bruitt, that made life very easy for us uh you know i, I have very very nice memories from from the, my first few months in, in liverpool and you didn't take much time to adapt in Liverpool. You, you, from kind of my time, you were always one of the academy players tipped, you know, to make a breakthrough. You were always one of the most promising <coughs> academy players. So it seemed like obviously there was, it didn't take you much time to kind of settle in and, and get the ground going. And obviously at the time, Brendan Rodgers would have been the uh, the first team manager. And and I think towards the end of the, uh, would have been 20, 2015, you probably started training up at Melwood mm. um, before you made your debut. What do you remember about your first days up at Melwood, and what kind of who, what players were taking you under their wing, and and what was that experience like training with the first team at such a young age? Yeah, I remember I went there in like 2014, my first time. Um, I was only 17, but there was uh, a lot of Spanish players around there. So I remember I don't know Jose, Alberto, even Felipe. You know the Brazilian guys. They they took me under their wing, and and I felt really comfy. Uh, at Melwood and obviously Brendan he, he he speaks perfectly Spanish so that helped me also even if I had good English you know it's always good to you know to to speak with someone else in a foreign country um, in Spanish so that helped me too and, and I remember uh, my first training session I was nervy and, and I was training against uh, Steven, Luis, Suarez uh, so it was for me uh, a big day. And did you ever get starstruck playing against those kind of players? You know, like Steven Gerrard, like you said, he was one of your idols growing up. And, and obviously, Luis Suarez, kind of what he's gone on to achieve. But even at the time at Liverpool, you know, he was, he was one of the best players in the world, especially that season. Did, w- did you get starstruck or w- w- did you have to kind of park that to one yeah. side and just... No, I think the, the only player in my life that I was really like, wow, I'm, I, I'm, I am training with him and I'm playing next to him in training was Steven for everything he he accomplished at Liverpool for he, who he was, who he is in Liverpool for me was like, a, um, you know, it was a big day. Yeah. And and how good was he even, you know, at the backstage of his career at Liverpool, you know, even into his early thirties, was he, was he still like the best player in training? Yeah. Yeah. You could see he, you know, I, I've never seen a right foot like, like his, um, the way he shoot, he shoots, the way he, the passes he made, even the, I don't know, the, how he how he ran at that age he, he was already he was still a, a machine physically and, and I remember you know he was one of the players who who you know who actually when I went home and I spoke with my parents I said uh, he's he, he's in a in a top top level and, and did he ever give you any advice as, as, as a youngster coming through did he have, you know or was, did you just kind of learn from him watching him or did you ever speak to him and ask him a few questions of you know what to do no. Not, not really in that time, but I remember when he was when he became a kind of coach in the academy. That was uh, two or three years later, maybe four, maybe um, that I was going on loan, coming back on loan, first team academy, and I was a little bit uh, all around. He he had some words for me, and and I remember that conversation. You know, I had good uh, good memories. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And and you spoke, yeah. You touched on, on Brendan Rodgers then, and you know, kind of how he made you feel settled by you know being able to to speak Spanish and and that kind of things. How how was he as a, a person, and, and how was your relationship with him? You know, was was he is he one of the better managers you've worked with on, on, mm. in, during your career? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, personally, I, I get on really really well with him. I I remember 
because he speaks Spanish, he was always asking me about my family, about my brother, um, you know, about my life, my personal life. And, and, you know, it's something that it seems that it's not really important, but for us, the players who are not living um, in our own country, it's really important to have someone that really cares about how you're doing, how is your life outside football, not only in Melwood, not only in the academy. So for me, it was, you know, it was really easy to adapt to, to first team training because I felt really um, good. I was looking forward every day to, to meet all the players and, and uh, I think that makes it uh, a lot easier. And as you continue to kind of impress, um, you know, I think, like I said, there was a lot of excitement in the fan base and, you know, people who watch the academy regularly at, at that time. And there was even some comparisons of, you know, to Xavi Alonso, one of your heroes, and, and even Sergio Busquets, you know, one of the best Spanish players of, of kind of the last generation. How did how, how how is that to take at a time as, as a youngster? Is is it is it a compliment or is it a bit of added pressure? Or does it does it help your progress or does it does it really does it hinder it? Mm, for me, it was weird um, because I felt, as I said, I felt really loved by by the fans when I was coming through. I thought um, they had big you know hype uh, about me coming through the academy and playing for the first team. But um, you know, I I remember one game and I always tell my friends about it. We play Helsinki, I think, in Finland um, in that preseason. I think it was 2015. And I actually came on 10 minutes. And I and I did all right. I played good. But Twitter was like, okay, we're waiting 10 years for the new Tagalon. So the new Andrea Pirlo is here. Uh, new Sergio Busquets is here. And I was only 17 or 18 at the time. And now it's something like that happens. You know, I stay, I stay calm. It's not nothing to worry about. But at that age, um, I think I put too much pressure on myself, and I thought I could not have a bad day. I could not play bad, even if I was 18, 17. I had to be always at the level I showed for that 10 minutes that I played. It was nothing. It was a friendly game. But you know, I, I, I put maybe too much pressure on myself, and I, and uh, you know, some months after that, things. Um, you know, were going a little bit worse than than they were before, and you know, a lot of um, stress came out of my of my head, and and you know, it was a difficult month. Some some of them. And and how do you deal with that situation then, when you when you're putting pressure on yourself as as a young footballer? You know, is it something that you speak to your family and friends about, or is it something that you kind of keep and bottle up to yourself, or or do you speak to the manager, or, or what's the kind of process with that? Because I can imagine those comparisons at such a young age, are, you know, there'd be there'd be, you know, big comparisons for anyone to deal with, you know, let alone someone who's not, you know, been in the country very long and, you know, they're new to the club and, and the fan base. How do, how do you deal with that? To be honest, I I, I kept it for myself. Um, someone quiet that don't, you know, don't, I don't really like to make noise about myself. But it's true that at some point I had to, had to speak. I had to speak with my family. I had to tell them what I felt because they saw me that I was not happy away from football nor even you know, or even in Melbourne, uh, by way from football. And, and um, you know, I, I remember even speaking with uh, Jürgen about it um, when Brendan got, got um, he, he went and he left the club. Um, so I spoke with the Gaffa and, and he actually helped me about that. And and from there it was it was easier and, and I took off, sorry, I took off a lot of pressure of, of myself, but I remember that um, the first couple of months um, that I played in Europa League and and I played there and that and and you know it was it was not easy for myself to manage all the the pressure that I put on myself. 
And, and and you touched on them playing in the Europa League. You know, 2015, as, as you've also said as well, you, you played against Helsinki um, during the pre-season. 2015 was a, a pretty big year for you, wasn't it? Um, I mean, funny enough, Liverpool just finished their tour in, in uh, Southeast Asia today. They beat Crystal Palace 2-0. Seven years ago, when they when they were last playing in Bang- Bangkok, you were obviously part of the... Uh, Part of the, the squad that travelled over to um, there under Brendan Rodgers is, is final summer. Um, how how was that? Um, Stephen Gerrard had obviously just left. It was felt like a, a transition period at the club. Um, did you feel, feel it was an opportunity to really you know cement yourself down in the first team and think right, I've got a chance here, kind of thing, or or did you feel because Rodgers was under so much pressure that maybe that youth players wouldn't get wouldn't get a go? No, to be honest. To be honest, I didn't expect to to go to the to the Asia Tour uh, with Liverpool uh, with the first team. But when I saw my name on the list and and um, I had a conversation with Brendan and, and actually I actually felt that he had a lot of confidence in my football. Um, and I think he showed that during the whole preseason. He I played almost every game. Um, and you know I, I felt I felt good. I think I I did a great preseason and I felt kind of uh, ready. To you know, to to be maybe a squad player in that time, um, because I felt really trusted by the manager, and and I think he showed that by by you know by playing in in the first game of Europa League. Um, so yeah, I, I remember that preseason with um, with nice memories because not only it was my first preseason on tour with with the first team, but but because it was um, you know um, I felt good playing. I, I felt in a, in a good way. And and how much did you learn, you know, at that stage? Because you would have only probably still been about eighteen years old. Um, you know, you're still very young, but you've obviously experienced a lot at that such a tender age. So how was that? You know, mixing shoulders and, and kind of rubbing shoulders with the likes of you know Jordan Henderson, James Milner. Mm. You know, players still there now. Joe Gomez. Um, did you did you learn a lot from that kind of experience? Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'm someone that even now at twenty five, I um I, I love to look up to to players that I've played in professional football for 15 years like uh, Hendo, Milner, Hardon or you know I'm I'm someone that really cares a lot about everything they say all the senior players and all the people ha- that have more experience than you for me it was it was so important and you know it was um two or three weeks in Asia that uh, it will be in my head for for life and then obviously y- y- you said obviously um the first game of the Europa League season against Bordeaux. Um, I think you came on as a substitute, didn't you, for, for Colo Torre? Um, Liverpool drew one one, so it wasn't wasn't a great night from that point of view. But for you to be able to make your, your you know your professional debut for Liverpool, first of all, when did you find out you were travelling to to France with the squad? And and kind of second of all, just talk us through that kind of moment when 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 you get um, called up to kind of go onto the pitch. You know, how is that? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Yeah, um, I was training at Melwood every day at that time. So, you know, uh, I, I was part of the squad to say to say a thing. So, but obviously, I didn't expect it to travel. I think, um, but Brendan, you know, in, in Europa League, he kind of changed the team a little bit. He he reserved some players for Premier League games, and and you know, he he brought five or six academy players for the first uh, game in 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 Bordeaux. So. Um, I saw my name on the list, so I called my, my my dad. I told him I was I was traveling, and and the day after, I didn't even expect to come on. But you know, um, Colo got injured, and and you know I had to be ready, and and I came on for like sixty minutes, uh, played sixty minutes of that game, and you know even if it was a draw for for the team, for me it was a special night. 
And did your parents travel over to to watch? Did they? Did they not no. know? No, no, no. And um, I, th- I think an- another play you, you played alongside that night was uh, a young Jordan Rossiter at the time. Was mm. um, I think I think he started that game, and I think as you kind of say after the game, there was a lot of expectation um, on on the pair. Of you obviously you'd both played mm. you know near enough the full game, and fans were really excited. Was that another example of what had happened in Helsinki? That did you feel that from from making your debut onwards, the pressure was just enormous, kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably. But you know, it was it was easy because Jordan being a scouser, uh, me being a Spanish player, two young guys coming to the academy, um, playing for Europe in in you know playing in Europe for Liverpool. Sorry, um, you know how social media works. Uh, when everything goes well and when you play well, you are the best player in the world. When you have a bad game, you you are nothing. You are no one. So. You know, I remember talking to to Jordan about that, and, and we just laughed about it because he, he was it was it was fun for us to see all those comments and and all those things coming through. But for us, in our minds, we knew that it was impossible to to even get close to 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 those players. And and only a couple of weeks later, obviously, uh, Brendan Rodgers would obviously lose his job, and, and Jurgen Klopp uh, came through the door. So, as a young player, then who's pushed himself into the squad and you know you get an opportunities in the first team how do you view that one when the manager who's given you those chances gets sacked is it is it a chance to prove the new manager right I should be here or is it kind of all your hard work that you've done has been undone kind of thing no my first thought was obviously uh, <laughs> Brendan you know he, he left because he he was the one who gave me my chance who gave me my debut so for me it was obviously um you know hard to see but obviously when 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 the gaffer he got appointed as a manager for me was um i had something to prove i had um you know i was looking forward to 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 see how the train the training was going how he how he trained how he was so so for me it was a couple of weeks of uh, of excitement and and you played you know quite a bit in the cup competitions towards the, the back end of that season uh, especially in the fa cup uh, i think you made your premier league debut in the following may against swansea didn't you and mm-hmm. how how was that you know, first kind of year under Jurgen Klopp. Then, how was the excitement around? You know, we 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 see it now. What what he's built at Liverpool. But as a player, did you all did was there like a change in atmosphere when he came through the door? Was it like did you realize how special he was going to be for the club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw it straight away. Even if it's easy to, to say it now because he accomplished everything, but you know, he he was he was different. Um, I think we could saw that. Uh, the end of the season with uh, two finals, I think it was the Carabao Cup final and, and Europa League final. Uh, you could see that something big was coming, uh, and obviously, um, you know, the summer after he is that the summer he signed Sadio and Salah. Yeah, it's 2016. Sadio, Sadio is 2017. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you could see that you know some world world class players were coming to Liverpool, and that something big was was coming. And how was he as a man manager compared to Brendan? Um, obviously, you would have been a bit older then. You've probably learnt the language a bit more. Um, but obviously, you know, Brendan obviously made you feel welcome, obviously, as a youngster. Was Klopp that kind of, you know, we see all the big hugs he gives to everyone after the games and in the training sessions. Was, was that, is that how he, how he is in a day-to-day kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, he's exactly how we see him on, on TV. I think he, for me, personally, manager I had um, on Treating players, I don't know how to say in English, in the way of a uh, coach um, player. I think, yeah. yeah, coach player. I think he's he's the best manager I I've had. Even if you know my situation at Liverpool was not the best, 
and I was not uh, a regular starter and I didn't play much. But for me, you know, I've got nothing to say about, um, you know, how how he behaved with me and, and how our relationship was. And and why was why was that? Was he just because he was so honest and open? Was he was he kind of always transparent with you know if you weren't playing? Did he tell you why kind of thing? Yeah, he 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 actually we actually spoke a lot over the years. Um, you know, I I felt he really liked me. Um, he he tried to make me better as a player. He tried to help me in the in the things that I that I needed to get help. And um, you know, for, from the day one till the last day I left, he he was always there for anything. Um, and you know, he he was he was great for that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The next couple of years, um, twenty seventeen, you went on loan to the Eredivisie, and, and twenty seventeen eighteen, you went back on loan to the Eredivisie, and, and you played a lot of games. I think nearly fifty games across the the eighteen months that you were out on loan. How were those loan spells, and and did you feel that when you came back to? I know you had the third loan spell that didn't go through in Spain, but when you came back to Liverpool, did you feel ready to challenge? Because you you know you played a lot of senior football, probably more than players in your position had, had played, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think my two loans in 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 Holland, I think they were great in a personal way. I think I. I showed that I was able to to play professional football, even if it was not in, in Liverpool. But in those two loans, I had like eight managers or seven managers, and with all managers, I played almost every game, every minute. Um, so that you know that made me think that um, you know I could play professional football and, and I and I would have a, a career. And after when I came back to Liverpool, um, what I felt is that I was not. Um, that my level had already passed the under 23s. Uh, I could not play anymore with the under 23s, so that's why we we tried to to you know to look for a for a exit, to look for a transfer that um, it didn't go through, and and that's why everything kind of started again by coming back to the academy and blah blah blah. blah. And and you speak about that. Obviously, <clears throat> you came back to the academy, but just before that, when when you came back, how? Obviously, with what kind of happened with the with the loan spell in Spain, and obviously after having such you know two impressive seasons away from the club, how how kind of frustrating and how disappointing was that, and and how crucial do you think that was in in maybe in not crucial, but how how much do you think that hindered you at the time, maybe because you know you had six months you know playing with the the reserves when you maybe would have played first team football yeah. uh, out in Spain, and then maybe would have been ready to come back and, and challenge at Liverpool. Yeah, I think not many people remember this, but when I came back from Holland. Um, I was kind of close to leave the club in a in a in a transfer that the, you know the club wanted to sell me, but I didn't want to to go. And that team was Rosenborg, I think. Yeah, Rosenborg. Um, and from there, kind of, you know, I thought I I knew the club did you know wanted to sell me, so we looked for a for a exit from the club. Uh, we actually almost found one here in 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 Liga in in another club, but it fell through. Maybe I think it was the last day of the of the transfer window of 2018. So that's when I stayed with the academy 2018 from September till January. And it's in January when I went to Extremadura in the last day of the transfer window, and all the things you know the the paper didn't come didn't come through, and and it's where I ended up. Actually, I ended up here with a professional football because I came back from Holland. And I spent the first part of the season without the 23s because I I didn't I didn't go to 
to Rosenborg. And the second part of the season is when I went on loan to Extremadura and, and played. So when I come back to Liverpool, I had a year left on my contract. And I had been one year without playing professional football. So I knew I knew it was going to be hard for me. So I started back with with academy. And, and for me, you know, it was like uh, uh, maybe my chance was gone. My chance of, you know, actually making a, a good career was gone because I thought uh, a year without professional football for someone who doesn't play much, who has not played much football in his career, I think it was going to be hard. But thankfully, you know, everything is going well. From there. And and you talk about that. Obviously, you went back to the uh, you went back to the academy, and, and like you say, it maybe looked like your time at Liverpool would you know would come to an end and maybe peter out. But it, it certainly did the kind of exact opposite over that 2019 2020 season. You know, even even though you only made a, a couple of appearances, you made a lasting impression on, on that side. But obviously, before that, I just wanted to, to talk on your first appearance of that season would have been uh, MK Dons in, in the League Cup. Um, and that was obviously the time. Uh, so Liverpool had won, and you'd come on as a second half substitute. Uh, and for those who don't know, um, in the in the days after the game, um, it, you had been flagged as an ineligible player because of mm. I think some international clearance or or something along that lines. Um, and there was you know lots of talk that Liverpool might be get thrown out of the competition or fined or, or whatever. In the end, they were only fined a couple of hundred thousand pound. Um, but obviously, you were named as the player in public as as the one who had been flagged as ineligible. How was that and how difficult that? Because I, I remember at the time Klopp saying that he, he, his, his worry was with you as, as a player and making sure that you were all right. And, and how, dif- how difficult was that as a young player to take? Yeah, for me it was like probably the two longest weeks in my life, the two hardest weeks in my life uh, in a professional way. Um, you know, I came from six months having the same problem without playing in alone that, you know, back home, even if it was second division, I knew that uh, I was going to play every minute and I was going to get seen by lots of clubs in Spain. That that was my aim. My, my aim was to go back, uh, going, going back home. Um, so when I came to Liverpool and that happened in the first game I played after two years without playing for the first team, even three years, I don't, I don't remember. For me, it was, um, it was like a nightmare. I remember I was going to Arsenal, I think I was going to Arsenal with, with the 23s um, and I had everything ready. Everything packed, and I get a phone call from from Critch, the manager at the time from the 23s. Uh, he tells me to go to their office. So I go to the office, and you know me and Critch, we had a, a good relationship. We were always joking, um, you know, each other. And and he tells me, um, "Hey, you cannot play tomorrow." And I thought he was actually joking, so I laughed. Um, he got serious. He called the the lawyers from from the academy, and and they told me actually that. I could not play until they don't know when because there's some papers missing and um and probably Liverpool were gonna get out of the of the Carabao Cup. Um so I went home, I remember I went home and, and I started crying. my father was there at the time. Um and I started crying like like a kid. I could not stop. I, I wanted to actually disappear from, from the city. I wanted to get back to Valencia and, and you know forget Liverpool. I didn't want to, to come back. Um, I think it was the morning. Yeah, I think it was the next morning where everything came out on on the press, on Sky Sports, and you know, uh, I told you before when everything goes well on Twitter, you are the best player in the world. When something like that happened, after all the things that ha- happened to me before, uh, you know, uh, I had to read things that you know I I actually 
um, you know, for me, it was it was very hard. And and what kind of support did you receive, obviously from the club as well, um, but also from fans on social media? Obviously, you say, you know, once things are going well, you, you're the best player in the world, and obviously, when they're not going so well, you know, fans are quick to criticize you. But obviously, given the situation, it wasn't like you had done anything wrong yourself. You know, it was obviously. No, but- it, did 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 you did you get a lot of stick online or? Yeah, yeah, massive, massive. Because it was my name that was on the on the papers. It was not the. Uh, it was Liverpool, but the first thing it was Chiribella. It was not uh, you know someone else. So um, obviously it was really hard for me to 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 go through that, those moments. Um, I spent I think it was like five weeks without playing again. Um, so imagine. My last year of my contract uh, had already been six months without playing. A year without playing professional football. <clears throat> uh, now I play one game for Liverpool first team, and this happens. So for me, I thought myself, maybe this is it. Maybe you know something is against you. I don't know what, um, but probably you had to go back to Spain and and start your career from 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 low. And right. thankfully, thankfully that uh, changed. And at that time, did you almost want to quit football altogether, kind of thing? Was it just like not no, together? But, just, no, I wanted to leave. Not for me. I wanted to leave Liverpool the next morning if I could. I wanted really? to go back home. I wanted, if I could, to break my contract and and leave the city, leave the club, because I thought it was not for me, and and I thought, um, you know, uh, I could not forget all that happened, you know, even if things started going better I could not forget all those moments that I had uh, during these three four weeks and what 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 did uh, what did Jurgen Klopp if he said anything to you at the time did was was he reassuring did you know did, did he speak to you individually on your own and kind of say look yeah yeah he, he, he told me all that it's not my fault and and everything but it, it was not only my worry about that my worry was that again I had been one year without playing um I had one year left on my contract um obviously I knew that I was not gonna stay in Liverpool. But where I'm gonna where am I gonna go, you know, after after all those problems, after all those things that happened. So yeah, he was he was great for me. He him and actually Critch, because at that time I was at, I was not even at Melbourne, I was at the academy. Um, you know, I had a lot of free weekends that I could go back home when I was not playing. Um you know they, they kind of let me a little bit of a freedom for me to to just do whatever I felt I had to do and and to spend time with my family that at that time was was so important for me. And and going from from that low then of of kind of that whole time period, like you say, the five weeks or whatever it was in the end, um, somehow you, you know you you turned it all around and like you say you, you played in the twenty threes and you were kind of you would have been twenty two twenty three at the time maybe and you were the kind of uh, senior head of of that team if you like. Um, you know, with the likes of, you know, Ben Woodburn, Curtis Jones, those kind of players. Um, and then Liverpool uh, qualified for the uh, the Club World Cup, obviously, for for, for playing, mm-hmm. for winning the Champions League. And and they were forced to play the, the quarterfinals of the League Cup the night before, um, which is where you were you were captain, weren't you, at, that joined the Aston Villa game. So from going from that, that low of, you know, thinking I want to leave Liverpool to then being able to captain the side two months later, how, first of all, did you ever think you'd captain Liverpool first team? And and second no. of all, what what was that journey like over the time? Did that make you feel on top of the world? Yeah, look, when I, that year is the year I said in other interviews is the year that I felt the closest to be 
you know, at, at, at the Liverpool first team level. I think I was, I was probably playing my, even if it was 23s, but I was probably playing my best football in my career. And every time I trained with the first team, I felt I was actually, you know, in, in a good level, in a good shape, uh, physically. Um, so I wanted to have my chance. Um, obviously, thanks to, to Jürgen that he gave me some minutes against Arsenal in that FA Cup game or Carabao Cup, Carabao, yeah, Carabao Cup, that we got two penalties and, and actually played 30 minutes or something. Um, you know, he he kind of, you know, sent me again to, to, to my happiness and, and after that, obviously playing Aston Villa, even if it was under, um, you know, strange circumstances with all those players uh, going to, to the World Cup. Uh, yeah, it was great. It's a night that, you know, even if we lost, I thought we made the academy proud. I thought we, we performed well and, and, you know, it's it's a night that, you know, I will always remember. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And it must have been a, a surreal feeling for you as well. Obviously, you were captain that night, but obviously a lot of those lads from the 18s and the 23s, you had kind of mentored over your period in the academy. So then to kind of lead them out at Villa Park, you know, one of the most iconic stadiums in the Premier League, was that like a proud... I think a lot of people viewed you as like a father figure to that side and, you know, you kind of took those players under your wing and you were still so young yourself. I think people forget that. But was that a, yeah. a proud moment from that perspective? Yeah, of course it was a proud moment. You know, I was captain in Liverpool first team in, in, a, in a cup game in, in Aston Villa. Um, so it was great, but obviously, Jones, Harvey, you know, Harvey was with, was with us, Curtis and, and Rian, and there was played with the first team, you know, and, and, and it's where I wanted to be. So, you know, it was a great night for me, but probably it's not where I wanted to be at that time when I was 22. And, you know, I was playing with some guys that had, uh, that were like 16, 17 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah, and but your chance obviously would come to to, to play again with the first team uh, in in the FA Cup um, later that that season. Um, you played in the third round win over Everton, which a full house at Anfield in a Merseyside derby. What what are your memories of that night? Obviously, Curtis Jones scored that that wonder goal um, to, to yeah. beat Everton one 0 Was that was that? Did you feel like a real first team player then? Because that was a first. It was an under strength squad, but those players, you know, Milner was playing. Mm. You know, there was uh, Arigi was playing. Minamino was playing. Yeah, there was lots of um, first yeah. team Adam, Adam Lallana too. Yeah, I think for me it was if, if I had to choose a highlight moment in in my career at Liverpool, is is that game that night. Um, I think we won. I think I had everything. It was a derby. It was a derby um, at home. We won. I played well. Um, you know, after off after so many low moments that I had uh, lately in in those years. So. For me, it was you know a dream come true. And what was the atmosphere like at Anfield playing playing on the pitch? I mean, I was in the cup that day, and that was that was deafening. But I can't imagine what it's like playing in front of a full Anfield in a, in a Merseyside derby. Was that have you ever experienced an atmosphere as good as that? No, not playing. Obviously, I've been at Anfield in in massive games, but playing like on the pitch for me it was it was unbelievable. It was really a dream come true. Um, and you know, I had everything because. We played well, and, and and the goal from Curtis was amazing. And with the one zero that we were winning, um, the last five minutes we had to, to you know, to dig in and, and to defend low and to run. You know, had everything that Derby should should have. And it feels like after that game, your career, I think 
almost took a turning point in your Liverpool career. Yeah. I think a lot of people really kind of sat up and thought, why, why is this, why is this, why is Pedro playing in the under twenty threes every week? You know, he, he held his own against. It was a strong Everton side that day, wasn't it? Um, did you notice changes then? Was were you getting offers in for clubs, or was was that only later yeah. in the season? No, yeah, you had yeah. I signed your contract, didn't you, at the time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, me, I, I knew, I kind of knew that I was, you know, maybe ready to put that kind of performance because I felt really good in training. I'm someone who is really critical with myself and really honest, and and I knew um, probably the years before I was not ready for, you know, playing that kind of game, but. In my opinion, in that year I was. Um, so, you know, I remember it was like the 5th of January or something like that. So, it, it, you know, it was like 30 days, 25 days until the transfer window closed it, the, the, the winter transfer window. And I remember I had um, a lot of um, loan offers from Championship and, and you know, good teams in Championship to, to go and, um, and get a loan from, for six months. But... Obviously, I could not go if I didn't sign a new contract that um, I had to sign because with six months left on your contract, you cannot go on loan from anywhere. So, yeah, for me, it was like a turning point in, in my career. And obviously, you uh, you mentioned there about your contract and, and having to sign a new contract. Um, it, you obviously decided to leave Liverpool um, uh, to, at the end of that season. Obviously, it was the COVID campaign, but um, you, you left Liverpool at the end of June 2020, um, and it became apparent in the kind of days and weeks after it that you turned down a, I think it was, was it a four-year deal or a five-year deal, um, a long-term deal at Liverpool. Um, first of all, was was that a deal that came off the back of those performances in the FA Cup? And and second of all, I, I can't think of many people who who would turn down a, a you know a, a contract like that at Liverpool. What was was it? Were you just desperate for a new start kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, because obviously the contract was not a contract for me to, you know, um, even be a squad player next season. My, the contract was there for me to go on loan to, I don't know, Championship, to La Liga, to, you know, whatever. And and after come back, having played one or two seasons on loan with as many games as possible, and after see if I was capable of, of uh, you know, being a squad player in Liverpool or... or, or for me, that that was the reason of the of the new contract. But for me, um, even if I had good experiences in my loans, I just wanted a new start from from zero, somewhere that I could find uh, my house, that I could actually settle in, and, and and you know, for me, that was the key for 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 you know for moving to Nantes. And and obviously. Um... Obviously, COVID kind of disrupted your last couple of months at the club. Obviously, there was there was no football played for a considerable amount of time. Um, so, what what do you remember about your last day then at Liverpool um, before the COVID thing? Then your your last day at, at at Kirby or the academy? Yeah, actually, it was FA Cup quarterfinals against Chelsea. I think I strong for Bridge. I was on the bench. I think it was. Yeah, I that think it was hard, that day. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Well, we played month before we played Shrewsbury Town at Anfield too. Um, I think for me that day was too one of the you know the, the best days in my my Liverpool career. Um what, the, the Shrewsbury one. Yeah. That was that was another one I wanted to touch on with you. Obviously that was a, another young team. Obviously this time mm. Neil Critchley uh managed that. That obviously was a, an academy team almost and obviously I think Curtis was captain that night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um how again you said it was one of the best nights of your career. Um 
I, I know a lot of people who went to that game and didn't really have any hope, but they kind of said the same. It was one of the most enjoyable kind of experiences they had that season. Why was that? Was it just because there was no kind of pressure on you guys and you could all just go and no, play? No, I and... think I think that team that we had at that time with Curtis, Harvey Elliott, Nico, um, who was Kiana, Seb. It was, you know, it was a great team. So actually, I think we knew we could win that game. You know, we were playing against senior players, even if I was a senior player already. But you know, we could, we knew that we could do something about about that game. And and when we saw a full Anfield under the lights, um, a cup game, you know, I think it was uh, a great night for everyone. And that would have been your last appearance for Liverpool, I yeah, think. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Was that almost a perfect way to, to sign off in, in kind of a full Anfield, you know, with, the, yeah. with those kind of players who you'd played with, you know, at the academy level and kind of mentored? Um, you know, like you say, full Anfield, you'd won 1-0 and, and obviously Crypt was manager. Was, was that, you know, was that the perfect way for you to end your kind of, what would have been eight years at Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thankfully, the, the last... Uh, three four months uh, at Liverpool uh, changed a little bit my 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 memories that I thought I had, you know, from 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 the time that I was I was struggling. So yeah, it was as I said, the two last games I played Everton and and Shrewsbury was uh, for me uh, a good way to to finish my my Liverpool career. And just before we go on to what you've been getting up to in France over the last two years, one player you did mention um, just then was was obviously Harvey Elliott and, and someone um, you know you've kind of you've played with and kind of watched since he's, he he kind of came to that club during that season um, along with Curtis Jones. How good can those two be for Liverpool? Because there's a lot of you know supporters online who who are desperate for for Jurgen Klopp to go out and sign you know a new midfielder or a Jude Bellingham or whoever. Um, but it seems that Jurgen Klopp has, you know, plenty of trust in in both those players, and especially Curtis, someone you know well. Mm. How how good can they be? You know, are they Liverpool? Can 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 they go on and be, you know, world class midfielders for Liverpool? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think I think for sure. I think I know them very well, both of them. Um, we spoke loads um, away from football, and and I think um, you know they've showed in moments that they can be world class players. Um, they're still so young. I think Harvey's only 18, 19, not even, I don't know. And Kurt is like 20, 21. So they still have lots of years to, to, to even get to their prime, to even be the best Kurt or the best Harvey that they can be. And I'm sure that with the training in, in you know, Liverpool first team with um, all the technical stuff, the physical stuff, uh, 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 you know, uh, Kirby, I think, um, you know, that they could be world-class players. And obviously, in the, in the two years since you, you like you touched on, you you did go to uh, you have moved to France. You, you you're now settled at Nantes. Um, you've you've had two seasons there, um, and you know you you play pretty much every minute on offer. Um, recently, obviously, you won the the Coupe de France. Um, my pronunciation is not very good, <laughs> but um, how how have you found the journey then? How have you found settling down and having you know it's the northwest of France as well. It's you know somewhere that you've been able to call home now. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's gone probably better than I expected it after, you know, everything that I went through in Liverpool. Um, as I said, I took a little bit maybe the risk to, to, to don't sign the new contract and, and move somewhere else. But, um, you know, I, I trusted myself to, you know, to, to have a, you know, a good 
time here in Nantes, and, and thankfully since since the day I arrived, I, I you know I became a, an important player for for the for the team and for the club, and and uh, you know thankfully things are going great, and you know hopefully um, this season playing Europa League and 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 you know and and being my third season here can be even better. And you recently signed a, a new contract until 2026, I believe it was. And that, like I say, that came just weeks after, um, you know, you, you won the, the Cup de France against Nice. Um, how was that night, um, your first proper um, trophy in professional football? Um, I was looking through some photos earlier on and there's a brilliant photo of you after the full-time whistle. You, you lay on the ground and your teammates are cuddling you and hugging you. Um, it just looked like everyone was so emotional that night. Um, you know, how, yeah. how was that? Yeah, for me it was... An unbelievable night, um, unbelievable few weeks before because I got injured uh, three weeks before the final. Um, I, I never ever in my life got injured and, you know, three weeks before the final, I actually got my first injury and, and it was a muscular injury as well. So um, it was like um, uh, a speed race against against the final. Um, um, I remember I actually thought I was not going to be able to make it and, and was days of, of real stress, of, of um, really negative thoughts. So for me, the final and, and actually won it at the end was, um, you know, so many things came through my mind and, and all the things that I, you know, passed in, in my career, you know, they were um, actually recompensating in, in those moments. And how does that rank... In terms of your different experiences at Liverpool, obviously you won um, a trophy at the Stade de France. But how does that compare to, you know, you, you've said the experiences of playing against Everton and, and, and beating Shrewsbury kind of thing at Anfield, which if you had to rank those three, say, in order, you know, are they different experiences or, you know, does one reign higher than the other? Yeah, for me, the, like winning the trophy um, after I think it was 25 years without a trophy in Nantes, um, playing Europe this season, because it was not only the trophy. The trophy is great, obviously, but it was actually uh, moving forward in your career by 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 playing Europa League this season, at least six games, if not more. So for for you know for all the team, for me, um, I think you know it was our best moment in in our lives. And and finally, just to just to finish off, I've got two questions for you. Any regrets about leaving Liverpool or any regrets about your time at Liverpool? Would if you could go back and change anything, would you? Or you know, the way it's planned out, have you just learned have you learned so much from it? Yeah, I've learned so much from it and I became um really mature. I became really, you know, calm in, in difficult moments. And I think that you it's in, in great part is thanks to, to, to Liverpool and thank, thanks to the Academy guides, thanks to the people at Melwood. So um, you know, I could not change uh, anything that I that I that I passed through. And finally, if you had a, a message to the supporters, what what would that be? Well, thank you for 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 the support. Uh, even nowadays, I get um, a lot of messages from from Liverpool fans uh, wishing me all the best. So so I can only thank you and and you know I uh, just to tell them to enjoy this this club uh, and these players because. Um, Thankfully, there's been now five or six years where Liverpool is um, probably one of the best teams in the world, and and you know we we have to enjoy these moments because um, you never know in football how how things are gonna go, and and these moments are are priceless.
Lovely. Well, Pedro, thank you very much for for giving us your time this, you. this evening. We've uh, that was a thoroughly enjoyable chat, and I'm sure you know Liverpool supporters will will love hearing from you and, and love hearing your story. So, so thank you very much for for that this evening. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.